Nothing's off limits, baby. Come on. Let's go. It's your boy, Cam Meekins. Drop a freestyle. Come on. <laughs> I made that beat, actually. I'm not surprised. That shit heat. I might spit a couple bars on this real quick. Yeah. Let's do it. It's that, it's, that, it's that type of show now. 2022. Come on. Turn this not shit up. Me. Save it for 2021. Nah, I got <laughs> Anybody oh, that man. knows me that even listens to this episode, you're like, yo, Bob, sit down. That's not you. Get a little bit of liquor in you. Maybe we'll have a couple freestyles coming Yeah, that, that's usually when it pours out. Got to go get the, the wine, man. Big wine guy. It's your boy, Cam Meekins. It's 2022. I'm in here with my guy, Bob A. Let's go. Bobby Hobart. How do you pronounce your last name, bro? Hobart? Hobart. Hobart. Yeah, yeah, you got it right. I, I used to get uh, then, what was Hobart. It was Obert. I, that'd be kind of fire. Uh, <laughs> Hobart was the was the the, miss, the the teachers in high school used to be, oh, are you Robert Hobart? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Robert Hobart. Every time. Oh, yeah, I guess because you got Robert, Robert and then and they then just Hobart. assume. Yeah. It was the worst. When I was a kid, I would get all red in the face. No. Call me Bobby too. Right? Was yeah? Was that a thing when you were like a little kid? Were kids like picking oh, on you? Saying ah, uh, they weren't. They weren't or picking on me. Was just a fun you. joke. Yeah, it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. They were hitting me with that, or they'd be like, "Yo, you got a big head." I'm like, "Tell me something I don't know." Right, right. But, you know. Man, good to have you on in person, dude. I know we did one in. Uh, what about well, this time a year ago? Yeah, it was about a year ago when I was first starting out doing virtual podcasts. Wow. Now I got this fucking studio, and I'm I'm you're, loving it, man. Dude, you're in a good spot. It, and is this the first podcast of 2022? It is. Oh. It is. Starting let's, the year off, season fucking, two. Let's set the bar high oh, yeah. right now. Well, I love talking to you because you're a guy who's been doing podcasts for, what, f- five years? 2016. Yeah. yeah, August 31st, 2016, I launched the first episode, was living in Alston. Um, oh, so like, you were still back east when you started. Yeah. I did. The timing could have been better. By the time I moved to LA, I was one full year into podcasting. So um, I already had known on the calendar one year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in Boston one more year after graduating college. And then I'm going to go to LA and, uh, it worked out great. I literally, the day that I hit one year of the podcast, my car was packed up and I was heading out West. So it felt good coming out here to have something under my belt. Uh, you know, at the time I was 52 episodes in on the project, still very new to the game of podcasting, but I knew it was something I kind of understood where when I was graduating, I was like, do I move to LA now? I know I want to go to LA, but I was like, if I start this podcast idea, it's not going to happen in LA cause I don't have any friends out there and I need people. So were you doing guests every single week back in Boston? Every week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I told him, I think I recorded four or five episodes ahead of time. Um, before I launched. To give you a little bit of headroom. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit of uh, leeway just in case, you know, I start and then I can't get guests, but. And then how quickly did you end up getting to the point where it was week to week? It was week to week pretty quickly. (laughs) But I I was doing anything and everything in my power and I'd never missed an episode that first year. Like it wasn't until maybe two years in that I like missed an episode here and there, but it was just something that I knew from the jump. Maybe it was like imprinted from Gary Vee's content or just like my determination of like, I have this idea. I want to do it at the bare minimum. I need to put out weekly content. And mm. so, uh, once I got going, I was like, I don't, I don't care what happens. I'm going to find somebody to sit down and have a conversation with me. And a lot of times I was like pulling people in the day before the release, record it, edit. They're like, when does it come out tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> right oh, you, you fucking do, now. You do, you do, We're live. You do a quick turnaround. Huh? I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah, sometimes, but right. just made it work. Hey, is that one recording? I just want to make sure I, I just, let's check. You tell me. Is there a red dot on the red top of the screen? All right, cool. We're good. Red dot, baby. It's supposed to be blinking, right? Yes. Let me, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me double check one more time. Blinking. I don't know about blinking. 
Or no, it's not blinking. It's okay. not blinking, sorry. Well, some cameras, when it's recording, it's supposed to be blinking. Blinking, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's been a couple weeks since I recorded one. I'm Bro, just making sure that I'm like... You I know, feel you. I would hate to be talking for two hours and, and then, then go back gone. and be like, oh, I don't have any video of you, bro. <laughs> Well, the problem is, we wouldn't have any video of you. Oh, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> we got this one rocking and rolling. Facts, Facts man. <laughs> Shit. That'd be even worse. <laughs> Not the Kamika show anymore. No. <laughs> Taking over, baby. So, for, for uh, people who don't know, let's take a step back. Because, I, I mean, I'm just, like, fascinated by you, dude. And, like, your content, everything that you're doing. It's, like, definitely, you know, I feel like if you, you kind of rank things on social media in terms of what how they actually add value. Mm. And I feel like what you do from a content perspective and just a creative perspective is extremely value add. Whereas a lot of people are just kind of putting out shit that's more for themselves. And mm. then we consume it because we're kind of trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. But you're not on that vibe at all. Your, your, your whole thing is putting out stuff that I feel like is helpful for you, but it's helpful for others mm. too. So how do you describe yourself? Do you think that you're, you know, a, a media personality, you know, kind of motivational guy? Like, where? how do you kind of describe yeah. what you do? And I know you just launched a, a new app, too, yeah. so you're entrepreneur, like. Yeah, well, first off, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Just you even saying those words, it's, and I know you know it as a creator, like, we get so caught up in the day-to-day -day grind of just creating and building and putting shit out, and so... To hear that in person is more like adds more fuel to the fire than you even realize. So thank you. Um, I honestly just look at myself as somebody who is documenting his journey and his life along the way and just trying to share my experiences, right? Like I'm huge into like self development, productivity, mindfulness. Um, this whole like, which we can get into at some point, this whole like stay dialed in app, the branding of stay dialed in to me, what it's, what it, 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 it didn't click until about six months ago. And then I realized like, this is me. This is what I want to represent. And to me, what that brand represents about being full, you know, 360, like you're, you're checking on your health, you're checking in on your career, you're checking on life experiences, your relationships, your family. It's kind of making sure that all wheels are turning and you're not just going focused onto one thing. And so with that being said, I just look at myself as somebody that just wants to lead by example for people to help them reach their inner potential. I'm obsessed with that. Um, and, and so much of the content I make today is still so much for when I was starting podcasting in 2016. And went to Bentley University outside of Boston, a top business school. Didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do with my life. And uh, you know, when I started podcasting, it was purely, it was called Purpose in the Youth. That was the first show. And it was purely to understand people like yourself, like how did you find your passion? What were the steps that you know, it took you to get there? And uh, as I found myself and my personality, I was like, wow, I, this is what I want to do. I just want to be myself on a, on a platform, share what I'm learning, hope that it helps people. And if they rock with it, they rock with it. But I, I by no means have all the answers. I don't think I'm fucking Mr. Cool Guy. I have done my best to show everything along the way, the highs, the lows, the in-betweens. And so... There's nothing more that gets me more excited than helping people because I think I've been blessed with the family I was raised by, the city I was born, the friends that I grew up with. It really provided me um, the mold to become who I am today. And so I want to give that to people. There's somebody that will hear this. There's somebody that listen to my podcast where they're around people that push pessimism, negativity. They're people that, you know, they don't really... Um, they're not surrounded by individuals that are cheering them on, right? Look at both of us. We're in a fucking great spot in our career. I know who you hang with, hang with. You probably know some of the people that I rock with. 
we're around people just expand. We want to growth. We want to be around those that, you know, make us feel better. So all that to say, I just want to be that platform and that guy that doesn't bullshit people, just gives it to you real and authentic and mm. hopes that you can enjoy it. You can laugh, you can cry, but hopefully you can take something away, put it in your pocket and use that for whatever you want to do in your future. Yeah. It's so true, man. I mean, the, the importance of those people you decide to spend your Boom. day to day with is like 95% of it, man. Yeah. It, you gotta, you gotta, you have to be very aware of, there's that, um, that famous quote, you're the, you are the, some of the five people yeah, you spend right. most time with. And you hear it so many times you don't recognize in real how true it is until you like look around. You're like, these are the people that I hang around with all the time. Well, of course I'm going to become them. Because like negative influences and negative types of relationships create negative opportunities. Yes. And positive relationships, positive people, people that are maybe farther along than you in, in, in life, in, mm. in their career, in their personal development, that stuff rubs off on you and you randomly actually get opportunities yeah. through those relationships and yeah. connections too that you would have never expected. And so that's one of the reasons I feel like it's so important yeah. to keep a close eye on who you're actually spending time with because, man, it can just be so detrimental if you're hanging around the wrong yeah. type of people. It's really more so avoiding the, the wrong types of, of connections and relationships than it is about like seeking out the good ones. That's important too. Mm -hmm. But um, you can get pretty far on your own doing your thing too and just totally. kind of building as you go or whatever. But if you're, if you're surrounded by the wrong team or, you know, kind of with the wrong influences, man, it's so detrimental. Yeah. It, it really is a long play game. The, the thing you said earlier really caught my attention is the value first content. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's always been not just in my content, but building relationships is how can I give value to this person? Not in the sense of what can I, what can I give them so that I can ask for something in return? It's just planting seeds, like planting seeds with, for, with relationships, friendships, with ideas and trusting and believing that hopefully someday this will turn into something great. And it's like, if I believe in somebody and I see what they're doing, how can I help them? What, what can I do that's going to help set them up? Uh, for the path that they're trying to go down because one of two things. One, I know the value when somebody hits me up and they go, yo, I see what you're doing. Let me put you in touch with this person or let me do this for you. Fucking great. Like that helps me. And then two, it just feels good. It just feels good to uh, cheer people on when they're trying to do something that's for the best version of themselves. Mm. And um, it's easier said than done. But, you know, when you start helping people out and giving that value, all of a sudden, you're around people that just do the same. Mm. And then all of a sudden you look around five years later and the only people I'm surrounded by are people that are just crushing, you know, like it's, it's really, I, I check myself very often of like, do not take this for granted and do not forget where you come from because this, this becomes normalized. This becomes normalized. The conversations that I'm having and like the people I'm interacting with. And it's like, I pinch myself very often in those moments, just like be grateful lean into this and, you know, continue to give back and, and help others out there. Yeah. So when you started off with your first pod podcast was purpose in the youth, Yeah, I, I got the sense kind of like helicopter view, right. Knowing mm -hmm. you, cause I, I did that show with you where you were probably two years into the, into the show or I, uh, three years. I'm trying to think of what you probably came on. I want to say either the fall of probably sometime in the fall of 2018 or sometime in 2018, I think is when you came on. Yeah, I think so. So at that point, I would have been two years in the game 
and I would have been living in L. I've moved to LA in September of 2017. So yeah, I was almost, I was probably two years into podcasting and, and was it about a year or so into living in LA. And I feel like with that show, I get the sense that you were searching to find the things that resonated with you yes. from all these conversations you had with people. You, you'd talk with me and pick up a little game from me and talk with someone else. And that was molding this brand and, and, and kind of, um, you know, value system that, yes. that you created. And now you've grown up from that, matured from that, and now are your own bearded man podcast <laughs> more individually focused. Is that kind of a fair representation a, of, of it, how it happened? It's a great way to look at it because yeah. it really, it, I was so fascinated when I was starting Purpose and Youth. I didn't want to be the entrepreneur podcast. I didn't want to be the artist podcast. I didn't want to be the health and wellness podcast. I wanted to sit down and talk to anybody that I saw was passionate and that I could learn from. And that's exactly what happened. I was talking to all these different types of people and I was hearing common themes, consistency, hard work, believing in themselves, um, you know, hurdles. Like it was all these common themes and these values that I was like, okay, I'm hearing this on a weekly basis. I should note this and keep this in mind. And, um, and then through it all, it's like, yeah, three and a half years in, I get kind of burnt out of searching for the meaning through other people and realizing, fuck, I already kind of feel like I know what I want to do. I, like this is, I want to keep doing this. And there was like a nine, there was a nine month gap where, I just took a role with Liquid IV where I'm still at today and I was like getting burnt out with podcasting. So I was like, let me step away. Let me just like, and it's a great, it's a great example that it's, there is something to be said about slowing down. Mm. You think that slowing down is actually not making you progress, but you have to sometimes step away, let things marinate, let things sit to see, uh, is this something I really want to do? It's like with relationships, right? If you're having a, um, you know, a tough time with your significant other, I'm definitely not the relationship expert, but I will say that if there is somebody in your life, give them space and you'll know, like, is this somebody you want to be with? Because you're going to start thinking about them. You want to see them. I think it's the same thing with passions and all these other aspects of your life is like, if you give it space, you're going to start to recognize like, wait, I actually miss this. And so to make a long story short, that's what happened during the pandemic. A lot of downtime, fucking bought an Xbox, started a golf thing. I'm like, this is fun, but this is not scratching the itch. Mm. What's the one thing that's always scratched the itch? Podcasting. Okay, let's get back into it. We don't want to do the old show. I kind of want to just do the bearded man branding. And in the beginning, the first 10 episodes are just solo. It's just me just like shooting the shit. And then eventually it just clicked where I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to go all in on like, it's the bearded man, my show, my brand, but I'm still going to be talking to people. And so since July of 2020, it's been two pods a week. Every Monday's with a guest. Every Thursday's a solo pod where I dive into like different subjects and topics in my life. But still, the guest pods are very about them. And um, it's not so much storytelling like it used to be. It's more about like um, whatever their area of expertise is, let's just dive in. Yeah. And um, you're just trying to have a conversation. Have a conversation yeah. and, and just see where the conversation goes from there. Yeah. So, how many episodes of podcasts have you done in your career? It's uh, a little over 300. That's a lot. Man. Yeah. That's a lot. I like to say I created the wave. So anyone out there watching. Well, that's that's kind of what, what I'm alluding to is like you, you've been on this. I mean, there's the Joe Rogans out there and the guys who were really early. Yeah. And, you know, but you were pretty fucking early too, dude. Like, yeah. I, timing. It was it was just. What, ma what made you want to do a, a podcast versus like being a YouTuber mm. or, you know, what, like was it? 
a particular show that you liked or yeah and you, yeah this is such great timing of this conversation because the person that inspired me to start podcasting he goes by the name of lewis house he's the host of the show called the school greatness you should check it out you would fucking love it this guy interviews the highest level of individuals he interviewed kobe a couple months before he passed scooter oh, wow. braun gary v he's based out here in west west hollywood phenomenal story phenomenal podcaster you would love him i'm listening to his podcast as i'm going into my senior year or as i'm about to graduate a couple months out and i'm like i love this podcast but where's the show that's focused on the youth the younger generation these people are like 30s 40s 50s i need something that's more relevant to me mm. and so uh business school taught me one thing survey the land if you see something that's not available create it and i just had a quick self-awareness check i was like what does it take to be a podcaster you gotta like people check you gotta like talking fucking check uh <laughs> you gotta be curious check i was like and then and the last thing on uh, for all those are the characteristics of a podcaster you got to have like a, a, a angle what does this vision look like well i'm looking for a podcast with young passionate people and hearing their story don't see it create it and so there were times in my life where i remember in high school i wanted to do a blog and i just would write a sentence overthink it all i'm like uh, i don't know about this word this doesn't make sense but speaking there's no time to overthink and then once i learned that concept it allowed me to give myself permission i've done youtube stuff and uh, I, I put out a weekly newsletter and it's so much different now. And I know it's, it's great talking to a fellow creative because you know, it's like, that's what gave you the permission to start doing a podcast. You learned all this through music, which then gave you the permission to do podcasting, start businesses, do anything that you want that you just start to slowly tune out that inner what if chatter and the, you know, overthinking. It's just like, let's just fucking go. Let's figure things out as we go. There's no, there's no such thing as failing. We're just going to learn some lessons and we're going to see where we end up. Yeah, man. I, I feel like every, the common denominator I've noticed between a lot of people that do the type of shit that we do in the creative realm and want to work for themselves, I think is the biggest thing. Cause there's a lot, you don't have to just be an artist or a content creator or, you know, an actor or whatever. I think it's the people that decide I don't want to go the traditional pr the mm -hmm. path and I want to do a non-traditional path where I can make the decisions for myself. What I've noticed is everybody seems to have a aha moment where they realize, yeah, th that that traditional path is, is not the way for me. Mm. And I'm kind of aware of the fragility of life. Yeah. And the fact that like we're only here for a finite amount of time. I got to make use of that time. For me, that was, you know, almost dying when I was like 15 yeah. a near death accident. I talked on that yeah. when we talked back in 2018, jet, jet skiing, right? Yeah. yeah. I, t I told you about that story and I was only 15 years old and I was like, fuck man, like I'm not doing well in school, but I love making music. I'm going to go all in on music. I don't care about going to college or getting mm -hmm. a job or whatever. I'm going to figure out how to monetize this music career and just make it happen. And I, I feel like a lot of people, through their own experiences get to that point did that happen for was that always kind of your mentality or did something happen that, that got you there because in some ways you know you have a little bit of that like delusion that is really <laughs> really important to have you know what i'm saying and, and so i'm sure a lot of people probably told you like bobby like you're delusional, man. You've done 300 <laughs> podcasts or, you know, early on you did 50 fucking podcasts in Austin and it's not taking off, man. Like you're, you're delusional. Yeah. You have to be delusional when you're, it, and it, you probably just took it on the chin and you're I like, yeah, fuck, I don't dude. care. I didn't give a fuck. Here's the thing is, but uh, you, were you always like that? 
No. And I, and I hope I hope hearing that gives people permission to fucking, if they want to make the change, do it. Because I'm no special or different than anybody else. I wasn't born thinking this way. It's just been repetition of changing my mind, changing the people around me, changing the social media content I listen to believing like this shit is possible. But I mean, that's why I went to a top business school. I thought freshman day of college of 2012, if you came up to me and said, what's your dream job? Or what's, what did you the rest of your life look like? I would have said, I'm going to work in corporate America. I'm going to wear a fire ass suit every day. I'm going to have a Rolex. I'm going to drive a fire ass BMW and I'm going to make a lot of money. And I thought that was like success, happiness, the whole works. It wasn't until my junior year, I was working a, I was working as an intern at a startup of like 25, 30 employees. And I started to see and feel what it felt like in what, what I thought the corporate world was, even on a small scale where it's like, People are showing up at the same time of day. They're doing the same shit. Nobody's, people are happy to be there. Nobody seems like really inspired. And um, and that was a startup, which probably had a better culture than 90% of, of course, corporate offices. Of course. So you, that, and I recognize that. And so I was like, all right, this is a problem. Um, and so I got to give credit to Dylan Reese because, you know, growing up with him, you know, I, I'm like the kid that in high school, I'm working different jobs. I'm making money. Dylan was always on the side like, Never had a job. I think he worked one day in his life at Arby's and he was like, fuck this, I'm out. He was cutting hair while we were growing up. He was engineering people while we were growing up. He was making his own music. And so seeing that process with him from 20, 2008, 2009 through like 2013 of him trying to build his career, get his name out there, do shows, hella kids talking shit in, our, in Western Massachusetts and still seeing him show up that when I had the epiphany to start a podcast, that was the beauty. I had the blueprint. I just helped my homeboy do this for the last four or five years of his life. I wasn't becoming an artist, but I was becoming a creator and I knew exactly what was going to happen. I go, I'm going to start this thing. People are going to give me a lot of cheers. Good luck. You're going to fucking crush it. Nobody's going to show up after week one. Uh, I'm going to have to put in the work. Nobody's going to see the fucking vision as much as I see it. And there's going to be a lot of people questioning why I'm doing this. You just graduated a top business school. Now you're driving full-time as an Uber driver and you're starting this podcast. What the fuck are you doing? Mm. You know, like there were some big question marks. I got an email six months after graduating college. Congrats to the class of 2016. 99% of you are enrolled in a full-time career. And I was part <laughs> of that fucking 1%. And That's honestly, crazy. it felt good. That's so nuts, good. man, that they sent that email. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about like the the, the whole system. Yeah, that, that's what education, that school is built on. That's what that higher school education is like. All we want is to just Get you put a you into a role. You are just a pawn yes. in the system. And you're a very well-experienced, well-educated, very highly skilled pawn yeah. in, in those instances. But it, and I I don't mean disrespect by saying that yeah but it's it's the basis of these higher education um, systems yeah is to just put people in yes to roles and keep them there and not have the freedom to 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 chase the thing that really interests you and again I think all of us as individuals need to make our own choices as to whether or not we want to do something like that or not. But my problem has always been that I felt we've never given kids 
enough information on all of the stuff, all mm-hmm. of the nuance, so that they can make their own decision to say, well, maybe I don't want to go down that path. I'll explore more of a creative path or try and find a more entrepreneurial path. And I think that's what the internet has done in the last five, yes. 10 years is like it's democratized that. And that's why we're seeing now this like new revolution of, of you know, an economic model that is not just corporate. Yes. And there's a lot more service and a lot more individual uh, economic interaction where you're providing a service through your content and I'm buying it. Yeah. I'm downloading your app or I'm doing this and you know, I'm subscribe to your Patreon or whatever. I'm buying your music. There's so many different ways now yeah. to make an entry level salary yes. through creative internet based ventures yeah. than ever before. Um but yeah, my problem has always been not enough people have kind of been aware of what that could look like. And I I really bet that there would be a lot more people that would have chosen to go down a non traditional path if it was clear to them that that option was there. Available. That's the key right there is there needs to be more conversations about what is possible because I know plenty of people that are very happy with security. They, well, that's, that's they the whole personal that. preference thing is yeah. like you have to weigh out on your own what's important to you. Some people really value the stability of the consistent check and the ability that gives them to do two really fucking amazing vacations a year. Yeah. And they love that stability. They love being in their apartment. They love going to the office. They enjoy that. Yeah. My only point is I bet that there are some people that are doing that that don't enjoy that. I agree. And didn't know that they could have done something something else. else. And now, like you're saying, now we're seeing that shift where people are recognizing there are other opportunities for them to do it. Because outside looking at everyone says, I want to be the boss. I want to be my own CEO. I want to be the leader. But what they don't realize, and I'm nowhere near to the success of a fucking, you know, a small startup. I'm still very much trying to figure this shit out as I go. But you're, you know, I, I, I've had to learn how to compartmentalize thoughts in the sense of like, you know, certain hours of the day I'm focused on creative. Certain hours of the day I'm focused on like, what's the big picture look like three to five years out? Uh, some hours I'm like trying to figure out relationship shit. Some hours I'm focused on health thinking like, there's not an on and off switch. You walk into an office, you walk out, you're like, good, done for the day, done for the weekend, cool. You don't have to think about it till Monday or till the next day. That's great. But when you are running your own ship, it comes, and I, I know I'm preaching because you, you know it, but like the all the responsibility is on you. If you don't think, if you don't strategize, if you don't plot and plan, nobody else is there to do it. So, you know, as much as it seems like the cool thing to be the leader and to be your found the founder and, and and call the shots, there's a lot of pressure that comes within. You have to, and I, and I think most people build with it that if they start to see, you know, your Jeff Bezos, well, he can operate the way he does because he built that shit over the last twenty plus years. So right. like, it's just it's scalability, right? Like if he scaled that quickly the next day, he wouldn't have been able to handle it. It's like the business I was telling you about outside totally. of here. My homie went from no employees to a thousand in one year. There are like running around like a fire every day because they're trying to scale it, but it's too quick. So all that to say, it's like, you know, you have to think about what come, you know, I, th- I think the biggest thing that I've ever done in a big decision, uh, whether it was like graduating college, like do I start a podcast or do I get a job? Um, when I was slowing down my first podcast to take a job with Liquid IV, I was going to have to lack uh, putting time and effort into my content and I was going to have to go all in on this opportunity. I've always done pros and cons. And so I think, Sometimes just sitting down and writing that out and really visualizing and seeing what you're about to sign up for, or what what are the actual pros of this decision, 
it can it can just give so much clarity on is this the right move or is this not the right move totally yeah and and you know back to like the numbers of it that email 99% of you are in full-time roles so that's implying that 1%s not and that's the whole point that we're making is is that the the true breakdown of of who actually wants to be doing this versus that isn't 99 I want to I want to know of that 99% what percent are happy with where they're at? Yeah, like I, I bet it's like, I don't know, 70, 30? Like what do you think the breakdown is like back of the envelope? Like for just the average kind of young person out there. How, how many people want the stability and how many people are willing to accept some <laughs> level of risk to try and do their path? I mean, I think we're seeing it now. Like yeah. we're seeing the change. So many people are getting into yeah. these uh, areas of careers that uh, they never would have done before. Yeah. Even people that I went to high school with, I'm seeing a lot more people now they're 10 years into being kind of in the real world. And now some of them are starting to do shit that I've been doing for 10 years, like Crazy. getting out content, you know, doing And I'm like, good, do your thing. Go, go. I, know. I, I wish I wasn't the only one who did that from yeah. my high school. And now I'm not, you know, but, but it was a while. It was a while there. I was the only one. Yeah. You grew I mean, especially when you started, you grew up in a way different time. Like yeah. you are, you were an early pioneer of like really building your own personal brand through social media and through the internet. Like now I would argue, I would honestly argue that anybody that listens to this, I don't care what your job is. I don't care what, what you do. It is your responsibility to build an online presence. If you, if you're this, if you are the VP of Uber, you're probably somewhat building an online presence. Like it's now our responsibility, especially with web three. And like, that's a whole conversation that I, I know 0.1%, but I'm, I'm yeah. seeing where the world is going. And it's like, if you have not started to build an online presence, you need to start now. It, it's not about being a content creator. It's just about becoming, and Gary Vee's been preaching this for years. It's about becoming an expert of whatever industry that you like, do it. I mean, you see, you're seeing on TikTok nowadays, you're seeing these people that, you know, or I saw a guy that he owns a dental practice and he has millions of followers. So Dude, just go shout to out to my dentist, Dr. Danny, man. He's fucking, uh, the reason I found him was because he's, he's popping on he's the ground. He's probably the guy that I saw <laughs> or maybe on the gram. Like, so I'm saying, but yeah. it, it doesn't no, matter right. what you do nowadays. You have to build that online presence, but you were, I mean, you were a pioneer. That's, there's a lot different back then. Well, it it's funny. Now. It's funny to me because now, um, the followings are becoming so astronomical. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not someone who has like this huge, huge, huge audience, but I have this niche fan base that's been with me for 10 years and I'm like so thankful. Yeah. Uh, but back then in like 2010, that was like all there was, yeah. you know, I mean, there, there were people who did it on a higher level, like Sammy and Mike Studd and some of these dudes who were coming up at the same, Mac Miller, who were coming up at the same time as me in the music game, yeah. who, who did get a lot of followers. But even like the level that I got to was big enough that would have number one album on iTunes. It's huge. You know, like uh, charted Billboard when the Lamp City album came out. Like it was enough to like move numbers in the music industry, even yeah. with just the relatively small following that I have compared to kids now who are on TikTok and have like a song go viral or having like millions of followers. Crazy. Overnight, so just the sheer number of people participating now, yeah, in this social media landscape is just astronomical. Can we talk about how difficult it is to build an audience? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, that's that's what it is, really. Is like 
I I think I was lucky in a way that like timing. I, started, I wouldn't say it was luck. It was just the right. You were in the right place at the right time. Yeah, sure. You had like had the talent for it. Yeah, I I, I think because uh, I started doing stuff in 2010 ish, still in high school. That was still a unique thing to be doing to be putting content online through YouTube and Facebook and and independently making music and putting it out. The only people doing that were a very select few people and blogs were supporting it. That was like a big thing. And you were able to find your audience because there was a demand mm. by that audience. They, they, they wanted to find an artist that they could get behind. Now it's just supply and demand, right? Yeah. So the supply was just barely servicing the demand in 2010. Now there's so much supply and arguably not as much demand Yeah, because, you know, people are pretty much already into what they're into and it's pretty hard, I feel like, nowadays to get people into a new uh, artist, creator, online content creator. They already kind of have their, their group. Their group. And the only way that they're getting new stuff now is algorithmically. Yeah. Not organically, not through trusted. There's no, there's no such thing as a trusted voice anymore. I don't go to good music all day to find music that Tim Weber likes. Tim Weber. Tim Weber was a trusted voice. He likes something, so you're going to like it. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. This computer algorithm likes something or knows that you're going to like something, so they give it to you. Spit it to you. And so now, instead of branching out on all these different things that you may not have ever been exposed to, you're just getting fed this content loop of shit that it knows you're going to interact with. Yeah. And so we're just becoming less interesting, I feel like, yeah. because we're, we're not able to re branch out. Yeah, you, you have to make trusted a, voices. You have to make a conscious effort to go explore different content and to go find certain people in order for you to actually like it. Yeah. It, it, it's been... Uh, and who has the time for that? Nobody does. Um, I will say this. What's been really interesting for me is... TikTok uh, was something that I just neglected for a long time. Kind of just had a light bulb moment of like trying something different. <clears throat> December 17th, I post one overnight, hit 100,000. Now, you know, it's January 6th when we record this, January 7th. Video has 3.4 million views. I went from 6,000 followers to over 40,000. And just that alone, just those numbers alone, it, it's, unbel it's unbelievable the amount of traction and organic growth you can get from that platform right now because... The 40,000 followers, I mean, it's a, that's a whole other conversation about what does those followers actually mean, but like, I mean, I've been at, I, I, I've been making content for five plus years. I'm, I'm barely at 6,000 on Instagram. I barely accumulated like 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. And so it's been so interesting for me to see like, it's almost like validation. Like I can make this fucking content because for so long, you're just trusting, you're going in blind of just like, I know I have the ability to do this at a high level. I'm just going to keep fucking doing it. And you'll get some people that will chime in, a DM here and there, a reshare. And you're like, yeah, this is right. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. And it's then when I see that, I'm like, that just hit 3 million eyeballs. I now know that like I can fucking, I know I, 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 I there wasn't a question of if I could do it, but that was just like a, a light bulb moment where I was like, I really have this shit. Yeah, you like, got the data now. It hasn't, it, yeah, yeah, it hasn't happened yet. It's and been I, peer reviewed. Yes. I don't want numbers to be like the validation for any of my career in my life. I don't want money. I don't want fucking followers, but it's just 
uh, especially because I'm still in a space where I'm trying to get to a place where I can do this every day full time. It's knowing like I'm within reach. I know that the eyeballs are there. I know that the content's there. And it's been uh, really rewarding to just to see that one little growth and then just trying to replicate it. Well, that's, that's I think, the similarity between, again, like when I was first starting out with music, the mold was Facebook, YouTube, blogs. Um, and now it's TikTok. And so there's similarities there. And so I, I don't mean to sound like, you know, an old head when I'm saying like, oh, well, you know, it was different or whatever, because it's really not. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the same because like this is a new platform that people are really excited about. So mm. now there is more demand then yeah. there is supply, even Boom. on TikTok. It's just that the platforms change. Yeah. So if you're thinking Instagram growth or YouTube growth, what, whatever, that supply and demand relationship is already fucking it's gone. done. The ship has sailed. It's gone. <laughs> but TikTok is where. Yeah. And uh, you know the problem for me is like I, I think I just get fatigued because I've been doing this shit for so long, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, it gets uh, a little bit. Um, overwhelming to think about all right well now i gotta learn this new platform and this and that so i've my my, one of my resolutions for this year is like you know i'm gonna be on these platforms i'm gonna do this stuff and i'm just gonna do it i'm not gonna be attached to the results like i just want to make good quality stuff yep i want to have good quality conversations on these podcasts and let the people come to it yes you know i always believe that quality is always gonna be the number one thing well that's always what gave me success in my music yeah it wasn't when i was trying really hard to go viral with something that something took off it was when i really focused on what i was making focus on the craft and that's what took off because it was actually really good and i had a really good idea for a video and i was really excited about the creativity yeah not excited about what it could do for me if it blew up yeah i've always looked at it as especially when these new platforms come up, especially when TikTok started really being talked about, like, fuck, another platform, another thing I got to learn, whatever. But instead of resisting it, I've just said, I'm just going to keep an open mind. I don't need to do this every day. I don't need to go all in on it, but I'm just going to pay attention. I'm going to consume a lot. And that, that was something that I just did. I just like, I just would consume here and there just trying to understand what is working, what's not, what could potentially work for me. And then it's someday I think it just clicked and I was like, this is what I need to do. And I think, I think it's, that's the key is just, yeah, it is overwhelming. There is so much one. I mean, man, I if you, if we spent the time, I could draw a diagram of like this podcast is a full conversation, 60 minutes. Cool. Now you break down eight different clips. Cool. You got eight different clips. Now you could put that on LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. I mean, it's just like, it, it's a content pyramid of one piece of content. Well, it's a full-time job yeah. just to manage the content <laughs> for one hour long podcast. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's a whole day. Yeah. Cutting up pieces, putting subtitles, distributing it, posting it. Right. It's fucking great though. It's, I love this shit, but at the same time, it's like. No, I love it too, man. Whew. I love it too. But I also really, what I love honestly is just doing doing the conversations yeah honestly like the cutting up the clips is something that needs to be done but it doesn't give me that fulfillment talk to me about the creator of you today versus who you were 10 years ago yeah what's the big like what is the biggest shift for you because it's from what i've seen from afar is that you've evolved right like you're not just an artist anymore you're now podcasting Mm -hmm. you still do your music I'm pretty sure you have some business stuff on the side. So yeah. like you, you keep your hands in a lot of different things, which I think is smart, but how do you feel in the creator sense, just in that aspect now? Yeah, it's interesting, man. It's a good question. I mean, I feel like, um, 
I'm so happy with like the creative space I'm in now because I've gone through the 10 years of, of being younger and like going all in on the music yeah. and living that life and being on tour and doing all this stuff. And now it, I felt like all of that was building up to something. And now I'm at that place where it feels like that's something where mm -hmm. I'm able to really give fulfillment creatively through all the stuff that I like, which is talking at mm -hmm. length about shit. That's just like random that interests me mm -hmm. and making music on my terms completely independently uh, and being able to interact with the fan base I've built over years and directly kind of give that music to them, give that creative content to them, music videos, whatever, and work with people that I really enjoy working with, like my boy Colin who shoots the music videos for me and um, Maddie who's been my engineer since day one. <laughs> And Tim, you know, on, on the business Legend. and kind of creative side. And so uh, I feel like creatively, I'm, I'm just like, I don't know, I guess I just feel super thankful mm. that I've been able to just like slowly build stuff brick by brick each year, getting a little better each year, getting a little bit more successful each year. And from the outside looking in, I think, you know, if you're just looking at, the music and saying like, well, how are the Spotify streams doing? And you know, what's he doing now? And this and that, like from the music industry perspective, you could say like, Oh, well, yeah, you know, Cam Eakins, he, he, he had an album come out in 2013 when he was younger and you know, that was a big buzz. And then he's kind of been doing his thing independently since then. But the story for me is I've been growing this thing year by year, you know, slowly, but surely getting, getting better, doing what, what actually makes me happy about mm. all this stuff and now getting to that point where I'm like, man, this is like the perfect system for me. And now it's like, okay, I figured out what that looks like. So how do I expand on it? Yeah. You know, how do I take this studio and make it like even better and yeah. grow and grow the podcast, grow the people that I'm talking to, grow the music that I'm doing, everything like that. But I think the first step was really identifying what do I want this to truly look like? And I feel like I have that now because it's this um, combination of my interests mm. where I am able to use my creativity on business stuff uh, with a couple different companies that I'm involved with, th some things that I've founded, and this English Muffin Company that my brother founded and I'm helping him with, and and then also the music and being able to do it exactly how I want to and producing it and the podcast, having these conversations. That's like the whole thing for me. It all fits mm. together. Mm. So I don't know. That's why I have I like having you on because you're a podcast host. <laughs> So you flip talk, it on I, me. I, I, I could talk all day, man. I could I could fire questions off left and right. Are you familiar with a an author by the name of Ryan Holiday? I don't think you so. Check out some of his books; are really good. But he said, I saw this in a tweet a couple of weeks ago, and it really fucking hit hard. He said, "You control the effort; you don't control the results." Mm -hmm. And so, with that being said, I think it's so important to what you just said earlier about one brick at a time. I'm reading Will Smith's book right now; I'm about to finish it, and it's been phenomenal. In the opening pages, he talks about this lesson that he learned at a young age with his brother, I think his brother's name is Henry, and his dad put them up to a task to build a brick wall in front of his dad's business. And, um, you know, Will goes on to say how this, this one lesson has stuck with him for the rest of his life of like, you know, they were, him and his brother were like 11 at the time. They're like, how are we gonna build a brick wall? Like, we don't have, we don't like, we're not construction workers. And, um, so it took them like a year for, you know, whatever reason, I don't know how big this brick wall was, but Will talks about how when he stopped worrying about the wall and he started just focusing on laying one brick at a time, 
it changed his entire perspective. I could I could lay one brick, I could lay another, and he's he's taken that into his life, and he's mm. and he's and he's used that for the rest of his life. Of, you know, I'm just gonna lay a brick. It doesn't matter how I feel today. It doesn't matter what the what the box office said about my movie. I, it doesn't matter about anything else that's happening in my life. I'm just going to lay that brick. And so, you know, that's what I think it comes down to. And that's that's why I've gotten to where I am today. Five years in, still, you know, arguably the world's most slept on fucking podcast in the world. But I have just focused on laying that brick and honestly and doing it because I want to do it. I think a really good question is to ask yourself is, what would I do if money was no longer an issue? How would you live your life? Like, yeah, there's some changes in my life that I would make, but I still want to do this. I still want to create. I still want to yep. impact people. And I think, I think if you if you can find that middle ground of the little daily progress that you can control, you can't you can't really control what Spotify says. You can't really control, uh, you know, if TikTok wants to hit the algorithm and show you your fucking piece of content, everybody, which would then drive results to the podcast. These all the things you really can't control, but what you can control is your ability to show up, to lay that one brick, and to truthfully try to enjoy the motherfucking ride because there are times when I check myself, I'm like, you keep thinking, and I'm reading in Will Smith's book, he had everything he could ever ask for in his life. And there was a point his family was in shambles. He's like, I have built the life that I've always wanted. We have everything. We have jets. We have houses. We have everything we could ask for, and none of us are happy. Mm. And, and hearing that, I'm just like, I, I tell myself, I'm like, do not ever think that something or some place that you imagine you want to be is going to be the trigger. Because when I was living in Sun Valley, 20 minutes away from here, if you had told me then that this is where I was going to be living this life, I would have been ecstatic. I would have been like, I'll take that tomorrow. But now that I'm here, I want to keep climbing the motherfucking mountain. So I think it's just a, it's just a reminder, like control what you can control, focus on that one brick and don't think that money and all that success shit is going to be the key to happiness because there's, I mean, there's people out here that commit suicide and they have everything you could ask for in the world. Facts, man. Yeah. Another thing I've been thinking about along those lines is just like the time component of it, dude. It's like when you think that everything is such a rush, oh my God, dude, time is just flying by. If you're in that stressed out rushed position where you gotta, uh, I gotta succeed this year. This has to be, the month that this thing goes viral, you know, that kind of mentality is all of a sudden you look back and you're like, shit, I've been doing this for five years. Yeah. Where'd the time go? Yeah. You know? It's and, some- and But what's, what's the rush, man? Like, we're all just here on earth. S- let's slow down our day-to-day. When you focus on the moment of this is what I'm doing right now, I'm just talking to you yeah. and drinking this coffee yeah. and listening to this fucking garbage truck. <laughs> I am here right now and time has slowed down. Yeah. But if I'm so worried about what's going to happen when I put this out and how many views it's going to get, all of a sudden time is moving a lot quicker. Yeah. I will say this, depending on where you are and what phase you are in your life, sometimes you feel like there, there isn't enough time. Like when I was starting podcasting and even, even when we did that podcast, I was at a place in my life where honestly, every fucking minute, I felt I created too much pressure on myself, um, but I felt like every second would count. I would rap on a podcast that'd be out the door by one thirty. I would make food 
I'd sit down, eat it. By 1.50, I was out the door in my car, starting to drive Uber. I would drive around for eight to nine hours. As soon as I was done, come back, go to sleep, do it all over again. And I will, I will never, I will never let myself live in a space like that ever again because it wasn't sustainable. It was not balanced. And that's why I've just loved this whole like stay dialed in brand because it's about balance. But I will say that like there are chapters and times of people's lives where, and I'm sure you felt it even probably earlier on in your career where you feel like you have nothing but to prove to the world what you're capable of doing. And that's what I felt early on was like, I need to show the world. I still need to show the world what I'm capable of accomplishing, but I can sleep at night knowing like I got five years under my belt. I have 300 plus podcasts. I can show you YouTube content I've done. I can show you TikTok content now. I, I can show you what I've been able to accomplish. But when I started, I didn't have anything to show. I just had that that vision and that, that idea in my mind that I was like, I know what I want to do, but I got to go fucking do it now. So yeah. I will say that I think a lot of people, you're going to go through it. But as soon as you can have that perspective where every day I, I wake up and I, I, I write a to-do list of, four to five things that are manageable that I can do in, in an eight to nine hour period of that day. And if I don't get to the certain item, I don't, I used to stress, but now I'm like, cool, that's going to be the number one thing for tomorrow. Right. Pick up where we left off. And, right. and, and then it allows you, you know, you're on my list today. If I, I can, when I go home, I'll send you a picture. There's a couple, there's five items, two of them already crossed off. You were the next one. I got two more when I get back. And it's like, when I get to the Cam Meekins podcast, that's my focus. I'm not worried about tonight, not worried about tomorrow, not worrying about bullshit that might happen yesterday. I'm just here with you. And it's that compartmentalization of what I was talking about earlier of like, this is the moment, this is where I need to be. And I can address other things at some other point, you know, when, when the time is right. And uh, that presence, key, man, key. Well, it, and it's just so hard to get there when you're struggling financially. Yeah. That's really, and I feel like that's probably what it was for you when you were driving Ubers. Yeah. And fucking grinding out the podcast, it's like you had to got to do it. Manage that time that way, because otherwise you literally wouldn't have had enough. Yeah. To to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. There was no question. You it, know? it was. It was. It was. So how how does one find that balance in in that situation? Because I feel like that's where it becomes tough. Is like you know you you want to find that balance, but at the same time, sometimes you got to like grind out yeah. for a period of a couple of years just to stack up enough cash to be able to go to that next phase. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. either i guess I, I i wouldn't i i i wouldn't do it differently it yeah was, it was it, i had to do what i had to do yeah that's and, what it is right? uh it just felt like that you know i i was definitely in a place where i you know it wasn't like i was like living paycheck to paycheck but i i just wanted to have something in my bank account that if god forbid my car broke down if you know i couldn't drive for a couple weeks for whatever reason like i had something to like a nest and so um you know, looking back, I could have took more breaks, but it just, it didn't feel right. I didn't feel like I had earned it. Um, and I think, I think once again, it just comes down to that self-awareness for people. It's like, you got to know what's good for you. You know, like I now know that working 60 to 70 hours a week, not going to happen. It's not built for, I'm not built for that anymore. Um, because I want to live. I want to enjoy. This shit goes by really fucking quick. I yeah. just turned 28. I feel like this is... 2021 was the best year yet. We're just, I mean, we're still just getting warmed up with a lot of things, but I'm just like, you can, you can work really hard, but you need to enjoy it. I've also seen two homies of mine have, uh, their companies acquired in the last two to three years, some big checks and both extremely, extremely, extremely hardworking people, um, that went head down and kind of lived what I was living, but like for a longer period of time and was on a business. And 
they pop up, they made a lot of money, and they feel lost. And, hmm. and, and still, two years later, they are seeking and trying to figure out who they are and like, what, what does this all mean? And um, so even seeing financial success in others, I'm like, if I keep going head down, I'm going to be right where they are. So take note of what, you know, what you're seeing from them and realize like, you need to have balance. You need to smell the roses. You need to go ex do experiences. You need to, you need to go have fun because you said it before, but it's like this shit, it's finite, man. I mean, this is going to, this is going to end. And I just want to be able to be able to be on that deathbed and go fucking did everything I could have done. Had a good time. As an Uber driver, one, as an Uber passenger once said to me, bad decisions make for great stories. Maybe I made a couple of bad decisions along the way, partied a little <laughs> too hard, but at the same time, man, it's like, you got it. You got to find that balance. And I think everyone has to find it for themselves. Well, it's cool to see that evolution for, you know, in your career, knowing you for the last five or six years, because I think the first rendition of it seemed very, and authentically to your lifestyle, it was yeah. very much put your head down, get to work, you know, get your stuff done. No excuses. Yeah. Win the, win the morning, win, win the, the day. day. Let's go, baby. You know, and all that stuff applies, but it seems like you're now going into more depth as to what that really means from a balanced perspective with yeah. the app and yeah. what you're doing now. Uh, and that's really cool, man, because it's, it's such a key component. Yeah. Because otherwise, what are you doing it for? You know, you just get to that point where you're just this successful, mindless person caught up in all these vices and all this stuff. You're searching for meaning and all this stuff that is like. Yeah, it's. It's, it's a bad scene. It is, man. Um, That's why so many people are fucked up on drugs and alcohol and stuff when they're super rich and success. I mean, you and I live out here. Like, we know LA. Like, there's a lot of people that are really successful and really fucked up people. Yeah. Dude. But then there's the people who aren't. Yeah. And you see that they have this interesting balance. Mm -hmm. They they are very humble yet very sure of themselves and it's this it goes back to balance. It, it's interesting we're doing this podcast when we're doing it because a year ago we did this remote and I just moved to Venice and I had no idea what I was really walking into. I had, I had an idea of what I was going to what what the lifestyle was going to be like in Venice, but moving to Venice was the greatest decision because it just opened my mind to a community of people that work hard and they play fucking harder. Mm. And it's not in the sense that they get blacked out on the weekend. They are intentionally making sure to live so that they can show up to the world and to their work better. They're more inspired. They feel more motivated. They, um, you know, they, they are able to just live this balance. And it wasn't until I moved to Venice and I, I haven't, I haven't really seen like, you can you can think of like that stereotypical Hollywood Hills scene, the West Hollywood scene. Something about the West Side, man, it is a different culture. It is very hippie. Uh, you know, people are all into meditation and like intention setting. And it's just like just moving there and being around that new group of people has been different. I mean, what a different lifestyle. Yeah, man. I do see a change in you, I think, pre- Pre-West Side, yeah. post, post West Side. Yeah. That's, and that's probably, you yeah. know, a lot of what you're hearing today is definitely the product of the last couple of years of self-growth, self-development right. and all that. But I think the cherry on top was really, which, which gave me the life experience aspect that I was so lacking for so long was moving to Venice and then being open-minded to this community of like people that are into new experiences, 
definitely straight up tried a lot of uh, different drugs in 2021 that I had never touched before. That completely opened my mind. And that was more about like intentional. It wasn't mm. like every weekend we're like doing certain things, but. Which drugs? Molly, sass, acid. What the hell is sass? Sh- I'm not even hip to that. Shrooms. Um, sass is like a form of Molly. Got it. Um, and that's a common theme. And I'll have to I'll have to tell you the name of the book. I don't remember it. Catching Fire, I think. A common theme, and I'm not here to promote any of that shit. Yeah. I I was not interested all the way up until I was about 27 when I moved to Venice. I think the coincidence of the timing. Just, yeah, you've always been a pretty straight edge guy. I feel like, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, like college, you would have a good time, but but I'm saying like you're you're a pretty college. I partied hard, like yeah. just alcohol, like just booze. I was first right. one in the bar last. But everybody week. from Boston drinks. Yeah, dude. of course. Fucking something in the Charles Watt, yeah. the, the river, yeah. baby. Everybody but everybody uh, in Boston's getting fucking fucked. Yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to uh, the East Coast. That's why I had to wear this half for today with Kim Meek and MA boys. But um, yeah. Um, I was never, it wasn't like, oh, you need to take this. It was just there. If I ever wanted to try it, it was there. And I saw so many high-level individuals that work fucking hard that were like using these substances not to escape the reality. It was to enhance. Yeah, it to was optimize. To see, optimize, see the world from a different perspective. And so that kind of just happened this year where we'd go to a concert and you know Molly would get thrown in the mix. And it, it was so much about like tapping into like the inner child of myself and self-love um. Yeah, it, it it was a very experimental year in that aspect, and it was so fucking beautiful. But that that was something that I had learned about some of the highest level individuals, thinkers, thought leaders, executors in this world. They find ways to intentionally. Once again, it's intentional. It's not every weekend they're popping Molly, doing drugs. They're finding times in their year to intentionally alter their state of consciousness to to refresh their mind, to give them a different perspective, to get themselves out of their head, to stop overthinking things. And uh, it's, it really has been a beautiful year. I, I'm kind of slowing down because I, I definitely went heavy last year and, uh, and, I, and I've tapped into what I need to tap into. But even this year, I feel it's going to be less on alcohol um, and kind of just seeing like what happens from that. I, 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 I try. I, I did seventy five days of no boots at the end of twenty twenty, and I felt fucking great. And that it once again, it's self awareness. I'm not saying nobody can drink booze. I'm not saying nobody can do X, Y, and Z. I just know, and it's in my family's blood. There's a trail of alcoholism. It's like I know that there's something inner me that wants to feel for this bottle. And um, I think it's just about making those adjustments and, and listening to yourself of what works and what doesn't. But <clears throat> do you feel that even when you're drinking in like a social setting or, or do Different, you feel like, nah, nah, I don't, I, I definitely don't think I have what's in my family's blood. I think now I'm just more aware of it and I don't ever want to be at that place, yeah. but um, no, I, I don't do it for social reasons. I, I do enjoy a good beer. I enjoy <laughs> fucking nice Jameson, some wine. Wine has definitely been on the come up for me in the last year, but I don't feel social pressure and I, I'm, I'm unapologetic. Like if I don't want to drink, I don't want to drink it. If yeah. that's the thing about West side living out there, nobody questions you. There's so many people that don't even drink mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I'm good. They're like, okay, cool. And, yeah. You know, there's other places in my time in my life. Where I was like, I don't want to be there. like, the fuck you. What do you mean? You want to be right? Like, drink. Yeah. Right. East coast. Drink a beer. Dude. What do you <laughs> yeah, mean? Dude. I'm going to sit here by myself. Yeah. So, facts. yeah. So it's been, uh, yeah. Well, there's a reason that, that all these you know, MDMA and um, psilocybin, mushrooms, like there's these new frontiers yeah. from a psychological study standpoint 
where they're feeling like there's a lot of benefits to using some of these drugs in a therapeutic way. Boom. Yeah. And people have been self-medicating in that capacity for a long time. And you're right, a lot of high-level, you know, the Elon Musks of the world getting weird. And I think it comes back to this whole, like, perceived adversity mm. idea where you're intentionally putting yourself in what's perceived by your body to be an adverse situation to then get out on the other side of that and have this kind of like revelation. And you can do that through fucking fasting or a hot, hot shower into a cold tub or, yeah. and they say that a lot of that stuff is like really great for aging and putting yourself into autophagy. And, you know, I'm sure you've done a, a deep dive on some of that yeah. stuff. And I feel like that's the same thing with some of these cycle, uh, psychedelic drugs. And so I get it. It just worries me now. I just wish it was all legal mm. so that you could go to a store and yeah. know what you're getting yeah. and know that it was tested at a lab and yeah. not have fentanyl in it. Yes. Uh, That's what I worry about. Yeah. Man. Fentanyl, I think, tends to end up showing up in cocaine. Don't do that. For me, I, I'm, I'm all set with that shit. Um, two things I want to say off of what you just said, though. The Where you're getting it from, there's somebody on the west side that we all go to. It's one singular person. And... I feel very lucky to know this person because this person does a lot of research so that by the time you get this product, it's, I'm not saying he's a scientist, but like. You think he's testing it and he's, stuff like he, that? He's dialed in on this. Yeah. Like he's like, he's the trusted member of this community and um, it's very intentional. And it's like, he'll follow up a week after like, how was it? How did you feel? Like, you know, can I get some feedback just to make sure that like, it's not, you know, hurting people to that extent. So mm. one, it feels very relieving to know that I'm, I've gotten this stuff from somebody that actually cares and it's not some random person pulling up in front of my crib. Um, and then two, once again, I just want to emphasize, cause I've, I've actually never, I waited all last year to start talking about this stuff. Cause I just wanted to experience formalize an opinion then be able to talk about it. And, and I think I'll do, I'll do like a solo pod this year on it because I, I didn't want to start talking about it until I had some context. And this is really the first time I'm really publicly talking about Maybe it. You can show exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will, I, don't worry. I will not cut this into a clip <laughs> and post it on every you, social you can media. You fire it up at this point, dude. It's all about authenticity. But so. if they do get an hour in <laughs> to the full episode, they're in they're, for a treat. They're in for that's the, what I'll, that's what I'll commit to. They're in for the juice. Yeah. Um, but once again, it's all about, intention and feeling when it's right. I'm so happy that I, there was not another time in my life where I was interested in trying these drugs. At 27, I had a really good understanding of who I am, where am I going, what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, what do I want in life? I knew so much about myself that it just allowed me to dig deeper. Hmm. Had I started messing around with this shit when I'm 18, 17, probably wouldn't have looked so good. Cause you're just young. You don't, you, your brain your has a process. Yeah. yeah. So it's also one interesting thing that I will say is you got to be very aware of like the time of your life and why are you doing it? Are you doing it cause it's fun or are you doing it because there's, there's a deeper meaning for it? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, listen, man, this is one of the things that I have a problem with, with drugs is like people have this, this idea of drugs and it's just so detached from reality. Yeah. It, the reality is, is that all humans have an inherent thing inside them that wants to alter their state of consciousness. Yeah. And it's a very, very few amount of people who completely abstain from it. Some of them are doing it because of religious reasons. Others are doing it because they've done too much of, of that mind altering yeah. stuff. And so then they have to just go completely off of it. But it's like in our human nature, clearly yeah, to want to alter our state. Yeah. So we should have a little bit more of a, 
nuanced, realistic conversation about balance yeah. around some of these things because people are going to do it. So how can we stop people from doing it in a dangerous way? Yeah. And how can we be more mature and realistic about these conversations and not try and stigmatize and criminalize the behavior that has literally been going on since humans have been around? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting that I think a lot of times these, these things appear in people's life. Like I was talking about the two people that I know have exited companies. Like they've then, I don't want to say use substances to alter their mind, but like really to like start to see things from different perspectives because yeah. they're just in a different phase of their life and they're like, what the fuck do I do now? And so I think it's really interesting that a lot of times when you talk to people about why are they doing these things and th there's now a place in Santa Monica just ketamine treatments. That's mm -hmm. not something I've ever tried and I'm not really interested in trying it just yet, but they're, and you're, they're doing psilocybin, I think up in San Fran now. That's, that's legal. I mean, there's a documentary on Netflix called Fantastic Fungi, I think. Oh, yeah. And they are using psilocybin to cure alcoholism. And that's like whew, somebody that has family currently going through that shit right now. It's like if that can help in one treatment, somebody for six months, I'm all for it. If it's kind of like if it's showing to actually, you know, prove to help people, get people in there. Well, every medicine comes from something, right? Yeah. And it's, it's it comes from some sort of organic biological material yeah. that's then synthesized and processed and turned into a synthetic medicine. Yeah. So it's normal to realize that there could be therapeutic benefits to just the actual organic yeah. part of these uh, compounds and chemicals and everything that we find in the earth. Why do we have to go through the whole process of synthesizing chemicals to create medicines when sometimes they're just there in earth sometimes it's good to synthesize things and get it really pinpointed down to exactly what you need yeah right to create you know ibuprofen or to create aspirin you, you know whatever but we could have maybe a little bit more of a again like a nuanced approach to this and i think that's what we're starting to see now is people being a little bit more open-minded to the ability of some of these natural uh, substances that people have been using for thousands of years, CBD, yeah, you know, psilocybin, are there medical therapeutic benefits and how does that work? What's the dosage? How do we figure out a way to kind of do this in a proper way? And so that's an interesting area we seem to be going in yeah. as a society. Yeah. I'm curious to see how that ends up playing out. Cause it, or is it on the other side, are we just getting too, liberal about some of this stuff too crazy about this stuff in like California and, and Colorado <laughs> and people are just doing drugs and just trying to be like, no man, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of my comfort zone and really having these crazy revelations. And it's like, well, are you doing that? Or are you just a millionaire that's getting high? Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the it's answer is. It's, it's, I'm curious to see how it plays out definitely in the next couple of years, but I think get used to it. I think you're gonna start seeing people being much more open-minded and yeah, you're going to start seeing people that benefit from it. And I think, I think, it's, I'd say just get comfortable. Yeah. I think a lot of these, I think psilocybin's, the marijuana's kind of going through that big, like, you know, legalizing in a lot of states. I think the next thing will be psilocybin after that. I think that's right. I think we'll be able to buy mushrooms at the weed dispensary within the next, like, five years. It's the next easiest thing to plant. Like, it's a plant, and it's the easiest next thing, I think, that would be able to show up. Right. Because it's naturally grown. There isn't, like, you know, that that's where it gets sketchy when you start to talk about things that are, like, cut up, and I, I, I get that. Yeah, right. people are resistant to it. Right. 
Well, it's interesting to me that now they're putting all these mushroom things in like chocolates and stuff like that. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. If I showed you the packaging of these chocolate mushrooms I have at a crib, you would. Th- you yeah, would no, think. I've seen them. They, they look like chocolate fucking, bars. Yeah. Chocolate bars. <laughs> and so what are they doing? Are they shredding the, the mushrooms, putting it into like a powder form? Are they like putting it in a blender and then making chocolates something out of like it? That. Something like that. If I gave you a piece, I've had regular mushrooms, which taste horrible. And I've had chocolate shrooms. Tastes like a chocolate bar. And it has side effects. <laughs> so you got to be careful. <laughs> right. You don't want to start throwing these back because you're yeah. going to be. Have you, have you ever like thrown them back? Like, or are I'm you kind of on the microdose? Yeah. I'm, I feel I'm, like that's what a lot of people are doing now. Yeah. More of a microdose. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times when I would microdose, it's, it's, it's swapping out the alcohol. Right. You have a microdose, you go out for the night, you're good, you're feeling a little vibey, but you don't want to do too much because then you you start having visuals or you don't want to like... Have you ever gotten any visuals or anything? I think like crazy. Yeah. I've never, I've never really, I haven't really been interested to fully send it just yet. Yeah. Um, but it's been kind of just like dipping my toes and slowly, slowly stepping into that space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the, uh, the vulnerability, which is, I feel like that's your thing. That's my brand, baby. I it, mean, you can... There's cam. things, like, it doesn't seem like things are off limits cam. for you. You can ask me... Any fucking question right now, and will not hesitate to answer it. I know, I know, I really know that about. But it's take it. But it, here's the thing: it's once again, there's two things. One, it didn't just fucking happen out of nowhere. It's just that consistency of you know podcasting and you know you're talking and you you recognize like if you want to become one of the biggest in the game, you have to learn to be open mm-hmm. and you got to talk about everything. You can't just talk about all the highs and cool shit. I've talked about some real vulnerable shit on my podcast that I, I was know, like. Yeah this is going to be a fucking interesting one publish. And I'm just like, let it rip. And what's crazy is that on the most vulnerable topics, I've gotten the greatest feedback on the episodes that I felt. Am I really about to put this out to the world? I've gotten the most amount of feedback, which then validates people want the real shit. Yeah. They don't want to just see the fucking in your Instagram feed, like all the cool shit you're doing. People want real shit. And it's not like nobody wants to fucking talk about the lows. Nobody wants to talk about the shit that nobody else wants to talk about. But that's the shit that hits. That's the shit that connects with people. So to me, it's just been a repetition and just recognizing like it actually feels so liberating, like weight off my shoulders when I talk and I share about things that really are on my fucking mind. And I wish and I I, I empower others. You don't have to do it through a podcast. Talk to a friend, write it out in a journal, just sing a fucking life. song, go walk up and tell random shit. I mean, I don't know what it is. Every person's medium is different, but this, this has been my therapy on a weekly basis for a long time. And it's, I, it's just, it, I feel so fortunate to have found it and then to recognize like, wow, it allows me this opportunity, an opportunity to hopefully build a brand in a name and, and see where it goes. But I'm glad you get that feel for me because that's what I want. I want to be vulnerable. I want to be real. I want to be authentic. And uh, to me, nothing's off script. I mean, I could talk. No, about I, I really admire it, man. And it's just like, even when I was researching for this episode, I was just going through your catalog and, you know, the fucking all the different interviews you've done and just all of the, the solo podcasts that you yeah. do. I feel like it's just an opportunity for you to really fucking say some shit that's very authentic. Yeah. And so powerful for people to just hear you be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, it, it's crazy, man. It really is like, um, it's just become the outlet. Yeah. I love, I love, I, I'm so happy that I found this, this mix of doing solo and, and yeah, guests. that's a cool mix. Cause I love talking to people, but I also recognize that when I'm talking to them, 85% of the conversations about them. And I fucking love that. That's well, cause what, you just have good solo shit to say. 
you know, just like always you're willing to go there and make a point. Yeah. And say, hey, this is advice. Yeah. And some people aren't fully confident to give advice. And it's yeah. not, not giving advice in terms of like, I know what you should do. It's just quick little thing. Even the stuff you do on TikTok, I really yeah. enjoy because you're just keeping it real. Yeah. Like, this is what worked for me. Yeah. This new thing that I did worked for me. So I'm going to tell you about it. Yes. That's the, and that's the hardest part that I try to balance is, hey, this is what I tried. This is what I learned. This is a takeaway you can take from it. I'm not here to go, this is what you need to do. This is how you do it. This is how you, this is what's going to come from it because you did it. Once again, I don't have all the fucking answers. I'm just showing people what I've learned in the hopes that they can take something from it and run with it. But that's the game that I'm always checking myself. Is it me or am I pushing it onto them? Hmm. And I don't want to seem like I'm pushing onto them. I just want to walk the journey, have them walk with me like, hey, this is what I learned from, you know, 30 days of meditating. This is what I've learned from running a marathon. This is what I've learned from fucking going three plus years without hooking up with a girl. Like there's like these certain subjects that like it just happened and I learned from it. I lean into it. I write down some shit that I learned from it and I fucking share it out there to the world. Yeah. But by the way, congrats on the marathon, man. Thank that, you. Was, that was crazy. Thank you. It's fucking epic, man. You're gonna want to. You're gonna want to do the Boston Marathon. Is that something <sighs> trying on the to, list? Trying to get in right now for it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to qual- right? You got to. You got to qualify as a. Now that's the the conversation is. Do I want to do it the right way and qualify, or do I want to kind of? You can get, get sponsors. in. You can do it through sponsors, which is just as good. You're raising money on behalf of charity, but um, that's something I need to figure out because the next one's coming up in April. I'm not in it right now, but I'm in marathon shape. I'm running second marathon at the end of this month, and it would be perfect timing in between like LA to this one I'm running in, in Texas. It's like two and a half months. Then from uh, Texas to then Boston would be another two and a half, three months. It's like a perfect, like it's honestly the most ideal break in between marathons because 12 weeks is like perfect. Give your week, give your body a week or two to, mm-hmm. you know, rest, get right back into like a slow training. So, and Boston, you never do a full marathon before you train, right? You only get to like 20, 20, yeah, 20, 20 is the, the, the first marathon I trained for, this was all learning, so I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I, I got up to like 23, which was kind of, was definitely unnecessary, but the, I actually like followed the program for this one I'm training right now. Um, and the last big run is this Sunday. That's 20 miles, and then it's three weeks out from the actual marathon. So then you kind of slow down. 20, it's, they call it a taper period. You go 20 is the highest, and then I'll go down to 10, then to 8, and then the marathon will be... Oh, interesting. So you after. taper on those last couple yeah, of weeks. because you want, you want to give your legs the time to... You've just built up all these miles, you know... Uh, 12 on a Sunday, then 14 the next Sunday, then 16 the next, then 18, then 20. Now it's like give your body the time to rest, get re-energized, uh, strengthen from all the deteriorating from the muscles that you've you've done to it, and then you feel fucking great come come the actual marathon. Yeah. I want to I want to ask you about that training, but so you said you went 3 years without hooking up with a yeah. girl. I did a podcast called 1000 Days of Celibacy. So was that something that you decided to do no. or it just happened? Yeah. And at some point, did you start counting the days? Yeah. No. Uh, I actually was on a date last week and I, and I told this girl this story. And How does that go over on dates? <laughs> honestly, it's not bad because I'm it's very- probably a good story, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I'm very intentional. I, I mean, I try to like, I'm not just going on a random date to just like feel the vibe. I can, I, I think maybe because I'm a, I'm a big people's person, I can feel if there's something there. So- I'm not going to go on a date unless I feel like there's this vulnerability thing or I'm not expecting date one that we just open up. But like, I mean, we were there for quite some time that we started getting into the trenches of shit. Um, And no, I didn't, it wasn't like, it was, it was in between when I started my podcast and then um, kind of when I was getting into like the balance aspect again, Um, I didn't go into like, I'm about to not hook up with girls, but it was like, 
graduated college, had my heart broken from somebody. I wanted to build this vision. I was like, I can't entertain a woman right now. And so time just speeds up. And then all of a sudden you just recognize like, wow. Um, there were times where I was like hitting walls where I was like fucking me, me. Like what's it wrong with me? Why aren't girls attracting me? Oh wait, you idiot. It's not girls aren't attracted to you. You're not putting any fucking effort. That's right. the whole point of like how state out then came, came to fruition. It's like, if you're not seeing results in certain areas of your life, first ask, are you putting effort into it? Because if you're not, you should dial in on that aspect and then you're going to see the results. Um, and so, yeah, it, it wasn't like I, uh, I intentionally was like, I'm going to go three years without hooking up with a girl. It just kind of happened. And um, it's fucking gnarly even thinking about it. Like when I told this girl, she was like, you're lying. And I was like, I swear to God, <laughs> this is not anything I would want to fucking lie about. Yeah. And then it just, yeah, so it, it kind of just happened, but... Well, it um, seems like you're a guy who knows kind of what you're looking for and some, not, not completely, but I'm just, just like, you're not going to, you know, just go on a date, just do it. You're, no. You feel like, I feel like you're someone who, who gets connected with people. And if it's there, then, then you're into that. And if, yeah. if it's not, you're not wasting your time. Yeah. Two words that I've learned that I'm living by this year. And I think it kind of goes along with this is let go. Yeah. And so if I'm feeling it with somebody and I can feel a little bit there, then see, like kind of feel it out, text a little bit, see if there's something, then try to go for it. If they ain't showing love back, bet. Let it go. Keep it moving. Like, don't resist things that are outside of your control. Don't resist. Like, we all build narratives in our mind. We all try to control situations that are out of our control. Just let go of the things that you cannot control in your life. Focus on what you can control, your perceptions, your mindset. And it opens up everything else in your fucking life. So, yeah, it's not like I'm over here jumping on dates left and right but when it does happen it it feels right and it usually goes really well whether something happens from that is a never another conversation but i you know i'm very intentional about my time and also i don't want to waste somebody else's time so it's like anytime that i've gone on a date with somebody it's usually a great fucking time because i just ask them a lot of questions and a lot of women like to talk and they want to hear themselves <laughs> so I, it's good to be a podcast so yeah, 100 right. yeah yeah. yeah, no, that that's that makes sense, man. I mean, it's it, again, this gets back to like the whole the vulnerability aspect of what you do. Yeah, is what's I think such a value add. Yeah, for people, totally. There's people out there that are going through the same things that that want to hear. Yes, and learn from experiences. Yes, you know. But so many things nobody wants to talk about. People bullshit. Yeah, everybody's trying to bullshit and make it seem like shit is better than it truly is. Yes. for them. But you have always been someone who's been very authentic about where you're at. Yes. I'm doing purpose in the youth and I'm driving Ubers and I'm, I own that. Yes. I'm owning this Uber thing. That yes. was such a big thing for you five years ago. You know, you yeah. were owning that. Yeah. And now you're very authentic about where you're at now. And you have this business relationship and you know, you're, you're doing this podcast and you're just, your, your growth is so clear to see and it's not bullshit. Yeah. It's not filler. It's not fluff. You know, it's a balance of being authentic, but then also, carrying yourself with your held held high of although you might not be at the top of the game you got to treat it like you're there you know yeah. so it's like everything's important yeah still. like you don't need to be it's not about ego it's not about fucking being somebody you're not but it's like you have to mix that aspect of owning where you're at right now but also treating whatever it is that you're trying to do as if you're at the top of the game because people see it people feel it and um even when i think back on the uber days like I owned it. I was a podcaster by day, Uber driver by night. That was the slogan. Like mm -hmm. whenever I did a podcast, I tried to deliver at the highest level that I could deliver. And then I was out two hours later on my Instagram story showing people that I was driving Uber. So 
to me, it's about own who you are. And then whatever it is that you are trying to do, like do it at the highest level. Whatever you have, make it work. My bedroom, you bet you had been in it. Was a, I called it the bedroom, the bedroom studio. Like the fucking tripod was set up. Two of two, one of the legs was on my bed, while the other two legs were on the ground. Like my yeah. mattress was to the right and left of us. Like it was, you just make it work. But people want to see the real shit. People gravitate towards that. People get inspired by that. People root for the underdog. I don't even want to call myself the underdog at that time, but like. People just want to see others actually walking a uh, walking a path that they want and they can resonate with, and I think um, I think that's you know hopefully carried through up until where I am today, where you know this is just the product of years in the making, and I you know still see see so much of where I'm going, but um, when you keep it real with people, it's easy. It's just easier. You're not trying to be someone you're not. You know? Yeah. Well, what, what what's cool consuming what you do as a fan, right? I'm a friend, but I'm a fan too of what you do. It's, and this kind of relates to like the conversation about, you know, dating girls or, or whatever. You've never been in a rush to get to what you want that situation for your life to be because you know it's coming. Like I can just tell that you have that mentality about you that you know that the work that you're putting in brick, but you're laying brick by brick. Yes. It's going that direction. So you know that the right relationship is coming. You know that the right business opportunity is coming. You know that, you know, your podcast is slept on, but it's growing and you know where it's going to be. And you know that you deserved that TikTok thing to happen. And now you're getting that, that, you know, the accolades are, are starting to come. And, uh, I feel like you never were in a rush and to, to be in that pers perspective is very unique. It's very rare. Uh, because so much of the time people are driven by their their self-consciousness around that stuff. Yeah. And so that's when people do get caught up with the girls and the partying and yeah. the lifestyle because what they want is to have all those things and to be the guy. Yeah. And they're putting the cart before the horse. Yes. Trying to be the guy with all the girls and this and that and put, posting this fake amount of success on social media when they don't really have it yet. And not being authentic, but they're kind of faking it so that they can, you know, get the attention from the girls and, and the partying and all that stuff. And it just takes a lot of self-discipline, I feel like, to not get caught up in that. And you've clearly always been in that place. So that's a very impactful thing for younger kids to see when they're following you is just, you know, you don't have to rush things and you don't want to put the cart before the horse because then you just get caught up in all this nonsense that's actually yeah. not leading you anywhere. Yeah, I mean, well said and fucking thank you for that recognition. That's uh, it's a lot to be said. You're making me feel fucking great. So, <laughs> so thank you. But truthfully, 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 um, you can't force things. Yeah. As much as you want shit to happen, you stressing and, and, and thinking about it it's just, it, it's not, you need to think about it, right? The whole the whole concept of manifestation I believe in. When people hear the word, they think, oh, I'm gonna sit there, close my eyes, and it's just gonna fucking come. That's not what manifestation is. It's about getting clear about what is the angle, what do you want? Once you understand that, you can then make the small micro daily decisions that are gonna help you get there. So when people say, I manifested this car, I manifested this life, what they're saying is, they didn't just fucking close their eyes and dream it and it became a thing. It's they reminded themselves on a daily basis and they started building boundary walls around the things that weren't going to get them closer to it. So 
you know, I think I just got so fortunate that the career and path I went into was me learning from people every week. And so I just learned and I kept adding these values into my, my pocket and my mindset that I just, it, it evolved. So what you're hearing today is the product of those 300 podcasts of somebody that's just been constantly listening to other podcasts. Like, like I mentioned, Lewis Howes, um, of school of greatness uh, on purpose with Jay Shetty, the rich roll podcast, like all these Joe Rogan, all of these like really deep conversational podcasts of people that are at a high level. You just fucking learn from them. You take, you take something out of their scrapbook, out of their, out of their book, and then you learn from it and you run with it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just the, the patience word. It sucks, but it's just so true that there's nothing and this is not supposed to scare people, but like, you just have to recognize, like you have 24 hours in front of you. What can you do in this 24 hour period? that's going to set you up for tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, you do that. And you just keep doing that day over day and time will catch up. Things are going to happen. Your dreams are going to become your reality. But if you sit there today and you have an idea and you're like, okay, I want to start this. Cool. But fuck, it's going to take all this work. You're already, you're, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm. Just think about what's the one step you can take. You want to start a podcast? Start looking up the mics and buy the mic. Then worry about the fucking software tomorrow. Or maybe you want to start a business. Okay, what's the name of the, what's the, what's the big vision of where the business is going to go? Think about that for just the day, worry about the next thing, the next day. So it's just like all those micro things then just add up and then they, it allows you to be more patient, allows you to enjoy the process more and um, eventually time catches up and you know, you, you fucking, I was, when I was driving over the hill, man, this was coming on the 405 northbound. I used to drive that road every night driving home from the Uber because I lived down the valley and 99% of the Ubers would take me onto the other side of the hill, West Hollywood, Hollywood. And it's fucking crazy driving here, man, because it's like, I used to drive this road every night, 10, 11 o'clock at night, blacked out at night. You'd get over to the top of the hill, the 405. You could see all the lights into the valley. It feels like a lifetime ago, but that, that was only two years ago, man. It was only two years ago, and I feel like just so much has changed then. Hmm. And I'm sure, I'm sure so much has changed your life in just two years of where you Absolutely. were at. So it's, it's crazy how when you're in it, it feels like time is moving slow. But when you start to look back on things, it's like time really does move quicker, especially as you get older. Yeah. Yeah, well said, man. No, I appreciate you uh, being candid like this with me as always, man. Every time we get together, I feel like it's it's these real deep conversations. And you're right. I, I think the podcast stuff right now, when you were talking about kind of the, the, the interest in going deep in these podcasts and listening to these type of conversations, learning things from it, I think the stuff going on with the podcast popularity booming yeah. is a direct response to all of these social media things becoming such short little attention span clips mm. are we're searching for, for that level of depth yeah. and we're finding it now yeah. in podcasts and it's a direct contradiction. It's a direct kind of response to the micro TikTok scroll through 10 second clip onto the next thing, this dopamine loop that's going on in our brain. That's all fun and games. It's a drug at the end of the day. But the podcast space right now is where we're getting that long form content that we've been lacking. Yes. You know? That's and so that gives me a little bit of hope. Yes. People need it. Going. People yeah. need it because this is long format. Most stuff is unedited. And you can really it's it's like growing up with the news, right? You're getting those quick sixty second sound bites and that's right. it. This is where the magic happens. Podcasting is where the magic is because it is allowing people to be unfiltered. 
and candid and honest and real and authentic. There's definitely some shows that you listen to and it's very, to me, it's commercialized respectfully if that's how you want to run your show. It feels like you're just hitting some, some questions, Q&A, cut to the fucking read or the brand, go back. It's very commercialized, but some of the, sh the shows that I listen to are like this, raw, real, pauses, silence, mm -hmm. people choking up, real shit. And that's the shit that I like to hear because it's just, it's you can learn from it and you can recognize like human beings, we are emotional, man. Yeah. We are emotional and... It needs to be talked about, and it's just a fact. It's okay to not feel okay. Hmm. Um, that's why I love it. So yeah, I love these these conversations, and it just provides a great space to be authentic and be real. Yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, man, so talk to me about the app a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's been in the works for like four or five uh, four or five months. Um, I one of my boys, shout out to JT Barnett. I don't know if he'll ever hear this, but. Um, I was at his place one time working out. He's like, yo, I got a, a homie of mine that I just linked with that is starting this uh, app company for creators. And they're looking for like potentially one of their first clients. I was like, I mean, I'm interested. I, w I was just recognizing recently at the time, it was so weird. Um, something I had realized about a month before I got in contact with this company, which I'll talk about in a second. Uh, I was like, you know what? I have all the content I've put out in the world. I've never really had a place for people to come together. Like if they listen to the podcast, they listen to it, they go to my Instagram. If they've seen my YouTube content, they're on the YouTube, they can go in the comments. But like, there's never been like a community. There's never been a place. I had always heard start a Facebook group and I never did that. Um, and I was like, I, I'm lacking a place to bring this mindset and individuals somewhere. So he mentions, I got a boy that started this app company. I'm like, I'm interested. And I mean, that could be dope. So shout out to my boy Harry if he hears this. He um, is one of the co-founders of this app company called Clubscribe. And essentially what they uh, are building out is almost like imagine Squarespace for, for, um, for an app mm -hmm. um, for creators specifically. And I, now I don't necessarily, I don't control the design, but they have built a, a frame and a structure and it's pretty much going to be replicated. So like what you see on my app will probably be for other creators. It, they'll make changes, but um, yeah, I had gotten reached out. They were like, listen, um, JT put us in touch. Uh, we see what you're doing. We're a fan. We want to help you. We want to build this app for you. No costs. We'll take it on. Um, we'll just hop on weekly calls, talk about direction, talk about the big picture and let's do this. So yeah, I was like, fuck it. Once again, it's one of those things you don't resist to life. You just go with the flow. And I was like, I wanted to build a community for a place for my community. Now I'm getting presented with this opportunity. It's pretty much a win-win, nothing to lose, everything to gain. Let's do it. So uh, through it, four months later, we we landed on the Stay Dialed In app. Essentially, it's an app you can download anywhere, Apple or Google. Um, and it's really, it's, it's free to download. Um, you have a notification center. Um it's free for everybody. There's questions, there's polls, there's um, daily like inspo that I'll send out. Uh, there's then a uh, photo section um, where we're having custom designed designs be created there. Once again, it's all about helping you reach your inner potential, whether it's like count up the small wins or checking with your emotions daily. Um, then we there is a um, 
a paywall. So there is a section above for five bucks a month. Uh, and that will get you into like private videos and podcasts. And then there's also a paywall behind, um, there's a community section where there's all these different categories, mental health, fitness, life experiences, career resources, anything, um, which is part of the $5 paywall where people can go and conversate with one another. So mm. it just launched this Monday. It's to me is going to be a very important piece for 2022. There's gonna be a lot of changes made to it. There's gonna be a lot of updates. This is still very new, but I feel very confident with what the point, the intention and the purpose of this app. To me, it's, it's your accountability partner. People, uh, kind of where we were talking about earlier in this podcast, like, you know, we both are very much in a place where I'm confident to say that we're around great people that are there to support us and encourage us that we can learn from. But, and I'm sure you can probably remember maybe pre 2011 for me, probably like pre 2016, not having that community, not mm. having people encouraging me, not having people around me that had that growth mindset. And so I want this app to be wherever you are in the world, you click in and you're entering a world where it's, it's positivity, it's optimism, it is encouraging you. Anything can be shared. It's almost like this, this podcast week, we could talk about anything. I want this place to become a place where people can have these conversations. They create their own profile. And so there's gonna be a lot of great things that come from it. It's it's very much the beginning. This is only week one. And uh, I, I feel honored for the opportunity. And I'm just really excited to see how does this impact people? I, I, I won't feel satisfied until I get a DM or an email from somebody saying like, hey, I joined this app on this date. I was going through this and this happened, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for this app. That's when I'll know that we did something right. But to me, it's it's gonna be the accountability community for people out there that they don't have it directly and hopefully can get it through their phone. Hmm. Love that, man. Yeah, so I'm excited for it. Well, you're a guy who's been dialed in for a minute, so... <laughs> I think I think 2021 was the year I got I got dialed in, but I appreciate that. I think uh, they, these were all learnings. This was all setting me up for the for the opportunity to really go all in on myself. And I, I think 2021 was the year where I was like, I'd been doing the podcasting, then I started doing the marathon running, started doing these life experiences, and it was like, I can lead by example that you can you can try to keep everything in balance mm. at the same time and still do everything that you want to accomplish. So right. um, I'm hoping this this app is the is the reminder for people and. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see what happens in the uh, coming weeks and coming months for it. Yes, sir. Stay dialed in. Check out the app. Yeah, My baby. man, Bobby Hobart, uh, where can they find you on social media, everywhere else? Oh, boy. Uh, just at Bob A, B-O-3-B's, four A's and Y. You, you can Google that. <laughs> Good <laughs> that's, luck. That's because Instagram. I'll link it. Yeah. I'll link that's it. That's because Instagram didn't have uh, B-O-B-B-A-Y, and then I kept looking, so it was three B's, four A's and Y, at Bob A, anywhere on social media, and then three uh, B's, four A's four and A's Y. A's it kind of flows, though. BL three B's four A's and a Y hit me the fuck. It flows. Uh, I just I get confused when I hear it. I know it's so aggressive, <laughs> but it's great though because when people read it on Instagram or social media, like if I if yeah. I meet somebody, I'm like, here's my social media, and they look it up, they're like, oh, you're Bob A, and I'm like, perfect, you already fucking know. <laughs> I don't have to explain to them is if they see just Bob A, they're like, you're Bob A. No, it's Bob A. So right, I'll stretch that. Yeah, button. no, it fits. It yeah, fits. It fits good, man. My man, thanks for doing this, man. Great Dude, combo as honored. always. Can I can I ask for a favor from people listening? Absolutely. If anyone heard this and made it this far on this podcast and you enjoyed this episode, there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes to make this shit happen. You need to go to the iTunes podcast app. You need to find the Cam Meekin Show and leave this man a review mm. and be honest about what you enjoy about this podcast because it's very easy to get in the flow and just listen to podcasts week over week. But like, please, if you have not taken a moment to subscribe, follow the show, leave a comment review, if you really enjoy these episodes, 
Take the time to share this shit out on your social media. It takes three seconds, which takes this man hours to make behind the scenes, and it makes all the difference in his show. So please, 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 if I can ask for anything, share this man's episode out. I don't know how to be this one, but share out the content and support his content because it's only going to help him take this to the next level, and that shit goes a long way. So My please man. do that. Spoken like a true podcast professional That's right it, there. baby. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, brother. Bye, bye. Can't make a show. We out. Fire it up. <laughs>